You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody, it is Thursday night, January 10th, 2024. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we remind you and encourage you to always use your head. I am one of your hosts, the man with the award-winning and holy beard, DJ. I'm going to go around this room and introduce the cast of characters that we have on the show like I do every single week. We are back to a three-man band this week uh, after All Out War here on the, on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast last week. It's back to the three of us. Hailing from the Purple Haze in Cloud Nine, he is Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, sir, Welcome. Thank you, my friends. It's wonderful to be here and wonderful to be with my two best pet wrestling pals in the world. Absolutely. We, we, we have a blast doing this every week. We are uh, t- today, this episode, which is episode 177 of this podcast as it is, is officially, I know we joked about it last week, but officially three or three years since Jason joined uh, Rob and I on this. Speaking of Rob, from the Rob the Genius podcast, he is the Minister of Truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data. He is the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling podcast, Ray Cash's daddy, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob, with a new car, by the way. How's the car? Oh, it's good. It's good. I had it for like a day now, and it's the, it's the same make and model <laughs> as my old car. Um, it turned out that was... That was <clears throat> Well, there's a funny story behind that because. Seminar Kia, right, Rob? Yeah. So, so, so go I, ahead and tell the story, bud. Okay, so so I had a 2012 Kia Soul. And I had it since 2012, and it had 145,000 miles on it. And the engine finally crapped out on me, and the you know the, I had it towed to the place where I normally get it worked on, and they said it'd be five thousand dollars. Oh wow! Yeah. So so. That's the end of that. Yeah, yeah, that you know, I don't have five thousand dollars for a uh, uh, for an eleven year old car with one hundred forty five thousand miles on it. You know, I don't. Yeah, at that point, you're sinking more money into it than it's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I had rented the car for a couple of weeks, and I looked around to get a new one, and so I went to CarMax, and I picked one out, and it was a, a Jeep Renegade. Oh, so, there you go. So we go up there. We, so my brother went up there with me, and he asked me just out of the blue, was like, "Did you did you check and see if it was stick stick shift or not?" And I was like, "Stick shift? Who makes that now? Nobody makes stick shift now. Of course not." And and so lo and behold, there were two there were two stick shifts on the entire lot. And wouldn't you know, one of the two was the Jeep Renegade. <laughs> Rob, dude, I'll defend you on that one, man. 
Like I, <laughs> I would think, unless you are walking in and saying, "Give me the cheapest car you have," unless you're saying that. I feel like they're gonna warn you ahead of time that it's manual is a feature at that point. It's 2023, man. Yes. So, so. I, I'm with you on that one, Rob. If, if it I like a manumatic or whatever, a, yeah, that all day we could do that. But but a straight up stick <clears throat> shift in in 2024 now without I'm telling still someone like, is goofy. I'm still like mind blown that Rob Rob's my age. You you can't. Uh, Rob Senior never taught you to drive a stick shift. No, also was going to make fun of you for that. No, no. Well, you know why? Because he yeah. didn't think it was important anymore. Okay. Well, he needed to drive. He needed to drive boats. He wasn't driving. You know. Yeah. So, like he did. I mean, you know, back you know when he wanted me to get my first car and he helped me learn how to drive and all that. You know, he, he was like, you know, stick shifts going out of style. And you're not going to need to worry about it. And he, and he's like, you don't want to drive. You don't want you know, drive stick shift anyway. So me being, you know, 18, 19 at the time, took his word for it. And, you know, so I never learned and never needed to do. <laughs> and it just yeah, so happened. To be fair, it's your father was correct. And it's that mentality that made me say exactly what I just said. Like stick shift is a feature at this point. Yeah. It's actually become a premium too, because stick shift right, cars exactly. somehow like, or another are more fucking expensive than, a, than an automatic. Like what the hell happened? Right. Like some the of the around. baseline, some of the baseline like bare bones Camaros are automatic, and it's just like I feel like oh horseshit! You get a sports car, man. It's got to be stick shift. Like, I gotta, I gotta feel like fucking Vin Diesel in a sports no, car. No, 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 no. I could, I could deal with the because our, our Kia, because we also have a Kia. We should get a fucking sponsorship on the Mindless, Mindless Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> We're also a Kia family. Um, but our our. We have the little manumatic where you can slide it to drive and then slide it over and gear up, gear down. Yeah. Um, so I like that. That's that's fine. Yeah. And that's perfectly acceptable, Mr. Stick Shift. Get out of here. I, I've had three in my life. I've had two pickup trucks. And it's funny because when I learned to drive a stick shift, I was – very first time I ever drove one, uh, my dad had old Ford. And was one of the – you called him a dog leg shifter. It was like the really long shifter that went all the way to the floor. And, and Oh, yeah. So he – I went to work with him one day and it was like a Friday during the summer or something. And we were coming back and where I live, uh, he, he worked at Patrick air force base, which is beachside. So you had to take the bridge, the causeway to come back over to the, uh, to the inland side. And we got over on the bottom side of the Pineda causeway and old dude just pulls the truck over says, all right, scoot over. But what, what do you mean? Scoot over, scoot over. You're going to drive Dad, I've never driven. scoot over. So I scooted over into the driver's seat. And he's like, all right, you do this. This is the clutch. This is the gas. You shift it here. You shift. Brother, when I tell you I wore that son of a gun out, I was grinding gears and jerking. If you've never tried to drive a stick, it's, you know, at 14 years old and you're not coordinated to begin with, it's, it's you know, you clutch. And then as you're letting off the clutch, gas, but when you're in first gear, you can't hit the gas too quick because you'll stall out the engine. There was a lot of that in that first shot. Um, so it terrified me, and I never, I swore to myself I was never going to drive a stick. And then I was about 16 or 17, and a buddy of mine had a Nissan Stanza, and it was a stick shift. He drove it everywhere, man. He drove it like a champ. It was like a little race car for him. And he and I moved into our first apartment together. And long story short, he injured his wrist while we were moving a big sofa. And I had to rush him to the hospital to, so he could go get the wrist x-ray because his like, hand was like, like cramped up like this. 
Um, his Ooh. hand was all jacked up. So I'm like, dude, I've only ever driven. He's like, just effing drive me to the hospital. So at that point in time, it was trial by fire. And I kind of remembered. And just from watching him for, for years, I figured it out. And then my first real vehicle that I bought on my own was a pickup truck. It was uh, like a 89 Ford Ranger. And I intentionally bought stick shift. Then several years later, I bought another pickup truck and bought it in stick. And then Tina, when she and I first started dating, she had a little Mazda Miata that was stick shift. And I love driving the hell out of that thing. Well, fine. You know what? While we're all selling our stick shift stories, I guess I'll tell mine. Uh, I I will brag. I uh, My dad taught me how to uh, drive stick on his old Colt hatchback from the 1989, I think. Um, I stalled maybe four times and then got the hang of it. And I've been able to drive stick since and then but but i never owned a car that drove that i had to drive stick um i drove my dad's car that he had for a while and then various buddies cars and whatnot if i ever had to drive uh, i was able to drive it including a few years ago when my buddy got way too schnookered and i had not at that point not driven stick in a long long time and i drove from plymouth to my house uh, I was well within the uh, legal limit, by the way, uh, this time anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I drove and I did not stall once. So I think I'm a pretty good stick strip driver at this point. All right. So as we talked about all that, Rob, what did you end up with? Finish your story. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so we had to go back and look at some other, some other cars and lo and behold, there was a, <laughs> there was a 2015 Kia Soul and, and, and the price was the same price <clears> as I was looking for. So I said, you know what? Why not? Because for me, like leg room is a, is a it's a deciding factor for me. Because, um, like some cars are just just too cramped for me to get in. And because like you're I had what a, six four? No, I'm not. No, I'm six one. Oh, okay. For some reason I thought you were six. Maybe that's maybe it's rated at six four. Yeah, you're Ray, Ray's big that's, guy. Ray, Ray's a tall dude. Yeah. I know you're. I know you and Jason are both taller than me. I'm the short one of the group. I'm not that tall. I'm like five ten. I'm. I don't know. And you um, might be a hair. You might be a hair taller than me then. Um, but, uh, Rob, the soul. The soul was looking at you like you know you could not live with your own failure to drive stick shift. So where did right. that bring you? <laughs> exactly. To me. Exactly. And, um, so and I know like the, the, the Kia Soul has it has the right amount of leg room for me. Because I had a Hyundai Sonata before that, and Woo. oh, it was unbearable, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sonata would be cramped, I would imagine. Yeah, and yeah. so because I had that for like six or seven years, and man, <laughs> like by, by the time I got rid of it, like I was getting out of the car, like you know, like knees hurting and everything, and that, you know, having to unfold <laughs> yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the Kia Soul has the right amount of legroom. So I just, you know what? I rather than go sit in a bunch of cars and try to figure something out, like I know that's good. So why not? And so, and here we are. So different color. It's like a kind of metallic gray. My my old Kia Soul is black. So fancy. No, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be in that new car market here probably in the next couple of months. I'm just waiting on a few things to. Few things to clear. I told you guys I got that. I got my permanent crown put on uh, Monday night, oh, yeah. and that son of a gun set me back two grand. So 
what was going to be me buying a car this month is probably now looking uh, somewhere between March and April at the soonest. So, uh, so I, this would be a bad time to do a WrestleMania check-in. Who's coming? We, well, we I make still, any headway that way, gentlemen? I still have the hotel room for the weekend. All right, Rob. Rob, so, we're going to get through it together, buddy. I but, need you. I, so listen, you need me there. So that you can cry on my shoulder when they like Charlotte's on the, you know, at the front row or something waving to everybody. And then I need you there so that I can cry on you when Cody or Rock or somebody beats Rome, beats Roman for the title. So I need you, buddy. So. Well, now, well, now I got I got to see how, how, the, how the money situation shakes out here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm. I'm just joshing with you, obviously. Okay. Yeah. My, my money situation no. definitely said no. Um, between the uh, <laughs> even if I even if it was a possibility, that crown just put me, you know, in a hole that's yeah. going to take me about a month to get out of. Um. So yeah, WrestleMania wasn't going to happen anyway. But they're going to do not the sphere at some point. They're yeah. going to do the sphere at some point. So we got to go to that. If they do the sphere, I will rob a bank too. Yeah. And. and to the feds, no, I will not actually rob a bank. This is hyperbole. Um, I will rob a bank to get to WrestleMania at the Sphere and hang out with you guys. I don't think they would do it because it doesn't hold that many people, right? No, it doesn't. I don't. It'd be, they'll probably do a minor. Oh, yeah, they'll do a show. What is it, Ten to 15,000 that thing holds? Um, yeah, something like that. I mean, I mean, I'm looking it's, it maybe now. it's 20, but it's not the 100K they want for WrestleMania. Like 80 no. to 100K they want for WrestleMania. I mean, I imagine it's got to seat quite a few at least because uh, didn't yeah. you two open the thing? Yeah, so that they have like a seated yeah. capacity of seventeen thousand six hundred. It has a standing okay. room capacity of twenty thousand. That's okay. I mean, that's not okay. Seated can seventeen thousand. I mean, if nothing else, you can do a really big raw there or well, SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, you can for sure. Or you can do anything other than like the big four. Than, a big four. Yeah, I mean, or you can just well, Survivor Series was not at a stadium, so. No, Survivor yeah. Series was in Boston. Yeah, that's and, and less than twenty thousand people. So, I was there. Um, you just you, you know you don't do man you can't do Mania there or the Rumble or um, probably not the Rumble or SummerSlam, you know. But the ones they do stadiums. Right. So, but yeah, um, baseball stadiums. Baseball. Yeah, but um, but I mean, you could do Money in the Bank there. You could do Survivor Series there. You could, you know, I mean, Money in the Bank with graphics and shit on the walls would be actually pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, now, WrestleMania 40, as we're on the road to WrestleMania here, uh, WrestleMania 40 is definitely a no-go for me, unfortunately, much as I wanted to do it. And, and knowing that you guys are, well, Jason's definitely going. Rob is still kind of in the air. But, you know, just to meet up with you guys would have made it worth the trip. But, you know, money just said something different this year. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to set aside some funds for 41 and see what I can come up with. I'm also kicking myself because Ooh. the rumble is literally in my backyard in Tampa this year. I and I'm not going to make it to that one either. Well, I mean, the rumble is one thing and it's obviously right around the corner. So that's a no go. But I mean, we should discuss next time they do a big four or a big pay-per-view in one of our neighborhoods. We should discuss meeting up. Absolutely, and I, I've had that thought because I know you because they come up to Boston quite a bit, don't they? Yeah, we get we get a pay per view every year, if not like if not a pay per view and an NXT show. We get 
usually in Orlando, either a Raw or a SmackDown around the summertime. They've been hitting somewhere between June and August for the last three years. But I, the closest I've gotten to any premium live event in the last couple of years that I'm aware of is the Rumble in Tampa this year. Hmm. So, we haven't had any. When was the last time we had a... Uh, man. I think it might have been Extreme Rules 2017 was the last premium live event we had <clears throat> around here. In but in DC though, how far are you from DC? Oh, I'm see, I'm I'm about 35, 40 minutes from DC, and I'm about 15, 20 from Baltimore. Um, so and they've they've had they've had them at both places, you know. Um, yeah. But um, they haven't been to either one for a premium live event in a while. I think, oh, the, I think the last one was. Extreme Rules 2017 was the last one, I think. It, that was in Baltimore. Yeah. And that, that was yeah, where... I guess uh, I have to say, I'm kind of lucky being over here in Boston. We, Like I said, we get one one a year. I don't know. Another thought I had is, um, and this would give me an excuse to go play in New York for a couple of days, if they do another show at MSG. Yeah. Even if it's just an MSG show, it doesn't even have to be like a, a premium live event to just go and watch a wrestling show in the garden since like an idiot i didn't do it the year that i was in new york um just because at the time i wasn't watching wwe very regularly so it really didn't even cross my mind that i was in their back their backyard and so i can tell you from personal experience it's very cool meeting rob at msg and then going to a wrestling show i would imagine it would be very cool to meet the both of you yeah and fun time hang out do a wrestling show go get some food maybe have a drink i'm down for that man Maybe. No, we're definitely maybe having a drink. Ain't, ain't no maybe about it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. We gotta we gotta keep an eye on that, man. That's that's definitely listen. something we gotta do. So right. well they did they didn't come to listen to us pal around and you know reach around and everybody everything on God, the these, guy, these guys have been circle jerking for twenty minutes here. What are they doing? What are we talking about tonight? What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the same thing that everybody else is probably talking about. Jinder Mahal, the modern-day Maharaja, <laughs> and the Tony Khan, once again. I, I, we were sitting here talking on Monday or Tuesday, Monday, because today's Wednesday, and we were talking about this week's episode, kind of doing a little you know, text message creative huddle. And it's like, okay, there's not going to be much to talk about this week, not much going on. We threw it in the universe, and Tony Khan answered like a fucking, I don't know, Elseworlds bat signal. He, he, he answers the call and gives us content and completely melts down on Twitter because Tony took it on the chin over the weekend because the, uh, the Jags are out of the playoffs. Um, he, took it from NFL, he took it from NFL on Fox. He took it from USA Network when, uh, they, when they announced that Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal were going to be having a match. So they called back to their NXT championship match a decade ago. And, you know, USA Network made the... Um, made the comment, you know, well, what were the cage match ratings on that match, which was hilarious because we know how heavily Tony relies on cage match to promote his product. You know, the, the, the 300 people apparently that matter there. Um, so uh, Tony really took it on the chin for a couple of days and he was DJ, crickets. DJ, what? DJ, up to, up to 800 people, please. When? <laughs> no, I'm saying what, didn't one of the votes have like 600 or 800 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, was, ratings? yeah there are a few. That so, got, like, okay, we're talking about almost a thousand people on your show that's watched by millions. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I missed out on 999,909 of them. Um, there you go. 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, and, uh, by the way, okay, so the, the, the match that Jinder Mahal and they had two matches on NXT. One of them oh, got the championship. Yeah. So one of them, okay, I think this, I think this was the championship match. I'm assuming. Uh, oh no, because uh, um, that was in that was in. I think it has a little trophy logo next to it if it's a championship match. Okay, let's see. Mm-hmm. Compelling to uh, radio, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, I, I need like a cricket soundbite right now. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> But so Tony goes on while while Rob's looking up the uh, the case. The deacon of data so, is daddying. So Tony decides to go on this epic rant of how he was comparing Jinder Mahal, a you know perpetual loser, according to him, who hasn't won a match all year, you know, gets celebrated for winning it for getting a championship match. Well, well, meanwhile, apparently, I have not even seen this part yet. I hand on my mother's grave. Apparently, he thinks some people are getting bent out of shape that Hook has a 28-and-something record, called out the champion, and is now getting a championship match. So if that's how it happened, how Tony is say, saying it, fine. I, I don't understand why people are getting mad about that. First In the that, circles that I follow, I hold, on, hold on, hold on. Hang on, Rob, hang on. Just a second. Hold on to your data. In the circles that I follow, I follow a lot of people that get the jokes off about Tony Khan and AEW. I do. So I mm-hmm. see people shitting on AEW all day long on the app, formerly known as Twitter. Not one. Not one time did I see anyone that I follow have a negative thing to say about Hook calling a shot and challenging Taz for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Rob finish his thought and give us the, give us the data, and then I've got some thoughts about that. DJ, I just want you to know he did not challenge Taz. You guys know I'm old and I'm tired, right? And I work with fucking children. Yes. Okay, Taz so. is his father. That's right. Taz is his father. Samoa Joe is the AEW world champion. Thank you, Jason. That's right. You're okay, welcome. So check this out. All right. This is... So Tony get well while he's looking this up. Tony gets triggered. Tony gets triggered because you know the USA Network Twitter, mind you, this yeah. is not WWE on USA. This is not WWE on Fox. This is not you know uh, uh, whatever the backstage WWE backstage Twitter handle was. Right. This is a USA Network. So. This guy is just—he's not a—he's not an intern because he's running the USA Network, so he's a social media manager. Let's yes. call it what it is, probably. And so he's having a little fun, and Tony gets this hot and bothered about it to fire off a million tweets about how, and then what well, the biggest one was how Jinder Mahal got this title shot, and you know all this off a of cage cage match rating. Which, by the way, Rob, what was the cage match rating? For the, the match rating NXT is championship match. 6.56 out of, out of out of 10. 10? So 6.5 okay. 6. out of 10. And guess how many votes guess how many votes the match got? 274. No. 68. Eight. No. Eight. Go. Eight. Oh! Eight. <laughs> 
eight. <laughs> oh so, God, the deacon, the deacon of data, bringing the facts. So eight, eight. And eight. and and mind you, everyone, we need to go back. This is the data that Tony Khan holds and dies by, and why he points to it and says, "This is why you should watch my wrestling show." Yes, because yes, exactly. Um, because, because the bubble inside the bubble inside a very very small bubble gave this people. match 8.3 out of 10. Shut the fuck up. And then my favorite part of this whole exchange was Ginger Mahal quote tweeted Tony <laughs> and said, "Who TF is Hook?" And that tweet now has at least double the it must be double by now the engagement. That Tony's tweet had in half okay. the time. Oh, and I'm I'm sorry, I, I made a mistake. I picked the wrong match because they, they had My two different. God, they had two Robin matches. The shit out of you. But this is even better though. No, this, okay, <laughs> oh so, no. So all right, all right. what's the rating? Six point twenty-seven. How many so, votes? Thirty-two. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh my God. <laughs> Thirty-two people. So I had more people in my fifth grade classroom, bro. So between the. Two <laughs> So that's 40 votes total for two matches that they had. Jesus. And this is the data that Tony is pointing to and saying, see, see, we're good. I mean, okay. Now, obviously his matches have way more votes because way more people vote vote on them. But yeah. again, we're talking like the, Rob, what was it again that had the most votes that you saw of any match that you've ever looked for on Cage Side? Okay. Uh, there were some, with, there were some with 800 and 900 and then. Okay. There, uh, somebody posted like a top ten from from 2023, and there were some matches that had like a thousand votes. Okay. So okay. A thousand votes that's is pretty, basically that's pretty okay, but it's also a, a thousand, thousand hardcore wrestling nerds. So even all right, even if it's a, if it's a if it's a pay per view, if it's an AEW pay per view where they do like 120,000 buys, that's mm-hmm. a thousand people out of 120,000. One percent. That's one percent. One percent, and probably seventy-five percent. Thirty-five percent of those are Tony Khan burner accounts, and the rest of them are Dave Meltzer burner accounts. I mean, just I mean, you know, like yes, I mean, it's bro. It's, work on your football team. Also, <laughs> work on your football team. Also, work on your wrestling company. The Jags do that suck. for a little while. <laughs> because I, all three of them are kind of in the mud right now. I'm not yeah. sure on Fulham. Last I knew was a couple of months ago they were in the mud. So I assume things don't change because Tony Khan's in charge and things so don't change when he's in charge from everything I've seen. Let's pull this back a minute and talk about, you know, Hook versus AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Samoa Joe, not to be confused with Taz, oh, TJ. Yeah. Um, let's pretend that people out there were actually dumping on this. Why? And I'll defend AEW here. I'll defend it. Hook is a fine wrestler. And stuff like this is not uncommon in the wrestling industry where a fighting champion gives a young and up, young up and comer a title shot. This is literally the premise behind Rocky one. DJ, I don't even want to prop this up with a straw man to say this is why you would be mad? Because no one's fucking mad. I'm yeah, not mad. I'm, I'm going to play devil's guy. advocate here because no, if there are no, people no, listening. But hold on. There's no point in playing devil's advocate because part of our whole thing here is, Tony, you're making this up. You're not even listening at this point. 
you're not even listening to your fans or your haters because again, DJ and I both follow a large swath and the people in the comments of that, of that tweet, I was going through, give me a good reason why hook shouldn't get this title shot. I still have not found one. There is zero so, like, reason why hook shouldn't get a title shot. Hook fucking rules. Hook's like, awesome. And it'll probably be a good fucking match. He he's he's literally like, hey, what if the guy from Drive could be a fucking wrestler? The guy who just doesn't stay shit, looks awesome, is cool at all times, and beats the shit out of people. Right. Sign me up. Let's but go. Like you said, this is literally the plot to Rocky One. A guy, yeah. not, you know, Hook's not a, a bum fighting in bum fights, you know, in, in you know gymnasiums, but still, he's a, a, a compared to Samoa Joe. He's a literal unknown who is getting an opportunity at the biggest prize in their game. This is this is an easy sell to people. Samoa Joe is giving a young up-and-coming wrestler an opportunity. It's good. It's historically wrestling. But when we go to the other side of the street, people are questioning and Tony Khan, again, trying to prove a point that nobody ever even, like Jason's saying, nobody ever even argued you know, questioning why oh, Jinder yeah. Mahal is getting a title shot. One, Jinder Mahal's been with the fucking company for 10 years. He's probably a 15 to 20 year veteran at this point. And he's a former world heavyweight fucking champion. Okay. And let's stress again in, in the last couple of years of, you know, war, of universal titles and dual champions and whatnot, the belt, the WWE World Championship. Like, the grandest prize in wrestling. So, the guy, yeah, I, I had my issues with Ginger's run, but I'll tell you, DJ will get to that in a minute, but I'll tell you one thing. I got worked, man. It happened. Yeah. He, that's how good he is. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, because I do want to talk a little bit about Ginger's run, because people are just egregiously wrong about his run. And I'm going to let, because I know Rob's been a little silent on this entire this entire bit here, um, Rob. You got any thoughts on like the Tony Khan meltdown? And um, it was, I mean, I think honestly, I think he got triggered when when the USA Network guy said that did the cage match thing. Yeah, I think that I think that triggered him because he, you know he goes on and on about cage match and you know he gets in he gets he gets ridiculed for it because he sounds like an idiot. I'm sorry. And like I'm saying, look, I, I occasionally go on cage match and do vote on matches and rate matches, right? Um, and it's it's not something that I mean, you should not be judging. Trust me, you should not be judging the quality of your wrestling program by what people say on cage match because some of the comments are just Looney Tunes. You will see two people say the exact opposite things about the same match back to back. Um, some people will literally copy and paste a match review from another website in the comment section. Um, there are biases. Like, I mean, when you, when you see like, there's, I mean, there are certain wrestlers whose matches get rated higher all the time. And then there are certain wrestlers whose matches get low grades from people all the time. Um, so and, we'll just call it wrestling Twitter extended. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. And it's, it's, again, it's a bubble inside the IWC is what it is. And it is a decent instrument among your instrument panel. It is not what you should be building your wrestling company around. No, not at all. Because, I mean, I'm sorry. It is sorry. one instrument on your eight instrument panel. And 
basically okay the only use it has as far as the ratings is if people normally rate okay if people normally rate your show highly and then they don't and, and they say this one sucked you know then that's worth paying attention to because those They're are your people probably right um and that's that's pretty much it you know like if if the people who normally give you high grades for for this one for whatever reason for this show or this match or whatever don't then okay that's worth paying attention to because those are people who are in the tank for you and if they didn't even like what you did then yeah okay outside yeah. of that outside yeah, if, of that if if i came on here and be like guys that was one of the worst nxts i've seen in forever if i was Shawn michaels i'd be like oh shit i just lost one of my fanboys so what happened yeah exactly i mean and that's really it i mean as far as the ratings now for information i've said it before it is an, it is an outstanding place to go um for like for information if you want to you know what know what match on you know what card and from 10 years ago and blah 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 right i mean you know it's it's a great awesome. resource for that, that. All the time. I, yeah i mean look I, yeah i use it for that all the time but i love nerdy shit like that because they'll they do they yeah, do oh, yeah. have everything on there it's yeah. crazy they have yeah. live events from 1950 whatever like it, <laughs> yeah, it's and, insane yeah but if and a but lot you, of the stuff is sourced they have the like a copy of the program if they can't like it's it's bonkers yeah. i don't yeah. want anything we're saying to be against the people of cage side because my god that is awesome stuff for us wrestling nerds yes and it is not how you should run your wrestling program that's on cable television again not the only thing you should look at no yeah it's just but but i think he got triggered by that because people he's been made fun of for that you know and then there's there's a certain retired uh wrestling manager who, who 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 loves taking shots at him who you know who who gets real extra loud about that in particular. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the hilarity in the whole thing is that after, like, he got done, you know, going back and forth there, then he starts arguing with Eric Bischoff. Because then Bischoff chimes in, and now he's going tit for tat with Bischoff, and he's, you know, of course, all the sycophants and, the you know, the, the tip writers have to jump in and remind Bischoff that he's the one that put WCW out of business, which there's... No, he isn't. Um, Vince McMahon is. It, yeah, depending on what version of the story you're believing Vince McMahon is, but realistically, and, and a lot of people don't want to hear this part because they want to believe the narrative, the Time Warner merger put WCW out of business. Because ultimately, even if WCW was still doing fairly well, they didn't want wrestling on their TV. They were going to sell it off either way. I firmly believe that in my heart. The fact that they were taking a trouncing from WWE at the time in the ratings probably accelerated the you know accelerated the business and you know obviously you know eric bishop has his part to play in that but i firmly believe that if world championship wrestling if, if time warner had decided to keep world championship wrestling and given eric bishop another chance we might be having a very different conversation about how the monday night wars went well, well, here's um, another thing. He okay, yeah, he failed. He lost WCW. Like it, the WCW went under. You know, WWE won. He's also the only guy who's ever beat Vince. And he so, went head to head Monday night, like, head to head competition, and whipped and he, their asses for eighty what eighty three weeks. Yes, right. And, and then was competitive weeks. for another year after. It's it wasn't like the day. It wasn't like eighty three weeks ended and then WCW stopped being competitive. You know, it was 83 weeks, I and then they stopped remember, winning. I don't remember. 
I don't even remember like a sitcom or that was on Mondays or anything like that. Like the only real like a couple year period where there was a sitcom that ruled Monday nights or something like that. Literally, yeah. their only competition aside from WCW has been the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So. so, like, yes, listen to the guy who beat them for, yes, they've been on TV forever, 83 weeks more than anyone else. And, yeah. And look, and Eric, look, Eric is the first one to admit his own mistakes from that time. That's yeah. the other thing is he will fall on every, and nowadays with the, obviously with the gift of hindsight, but even still he could, you know, he could say, no, I wanted to do it this way and I still feel it was right and it just didn't go wrong, wrong perfect for us or whatever. No, yeah. we'll just point it and be like, yeah, we hired this guy. It was stupid. We did this yeah. storyline. That was dumb. We did this. I didn't even want to do it. I shouldn't have done it. I did it. I thought this was going to save the company. Didn't. You know, he, yeah. he just he doesn't care anymore, man. Well, it's because it's fucking 20 years in the past. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, then... he has no uh, ego about it. That's what I mean. He doesn't care. Right, 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 right. He right. doesn't seem to anyway. Yeah, and um, and like, cause like he'll be the first because he even admits like when he got hired to be the producer or whatever for SmackDown, he he admits that he got there and after a couple of weeks he was like, no, nah, this ain't it, man. <laughs> yeah, he said, I this is not what I want to do. I can't do this, and he was fine with being let go. Like, yeah, yeah. he's not bitter about it at all. No, he yeah, he, he's like after a few weeks, I just I knew this wasn't you know this wasn't it. Yeah, this wasn't his <laughs> thing, man. Yeah, so. Okay. I, man, I don't even know. I, I don't want to pick this whole thing apart too long because I don't want to go too long on this. But I just uh, let me be very clear to the people who create this narrative. You know, after you know years of everybody wanting WWE to go under, now all of a sudden everybody's like, "Why would you want AEW to fold?" Let me be very clear. Nobody on this show wants AEW to fold. I certainly don't. I want there to be an alternative for people to go to work. I don't want the people that are there to be put out of work because a lot of those people will go back to not making any money at all. Some of them will land very comfortably elsewhere. Most of them will not. And as a whole, there are people there that I care about. There are wrestlers there that I want to see and see them remain gainfully employed. Their, Their current owner has got to go. He is doing that talent. I've said this before. He is doing that talent such a disservice by the way he behaves on social media that it can't, it, it's not sustainable. Like at some point, something's got to give. Either the talent has got to corner him or someone has got to sit him down and say, look, you are hurting this brand. Because I have, like, again, as we talk about our, our online engagements and our timelines, and, you know, I've managed to streamline my timeline down to, blocking out most of the toxicity. I still have a few people that watched, like they were ride or die for AEW. Like, and, but they weren't like the, the annoying asshole fans that, that jump up and they're, you know, anti WWE and every other comment. They like both shows. And at first they were hyped for AEW, but even now they're looking at it and they, they can't deny Tony is the problem. And it just, he just does not understand one how to book a good wrestling show. He's great at putting quote unquote fan dream matches together. And Tony's had some great matches on AEW programming, but as far as putting together a program as a whole, I I just, he's not cut out for it. And then the the criticism is the biggest key element here. He cannot handle it. Like you would never catch Vince McMahon or hell at this point, Shawn Michaels or triple H 
on Twitter pissing and moaning because somebody somebody made a comment that was a backhanded joke at something that they did. You know, it's that they just ignore it and move on, man. You have a company to run, and you cannot run that company based on what someone said on Twitter. Trust me, Twitter is not paying your bills. Okay? The app formerly known as Twitter, Tony, is not paying your bills. That crowd is not – there might be a few of them that are buying T-shirts, but the ones you need to be worrying about are the ones that paid to show up, the ones that keep tuning in weekly – and want to see a good wrestling show, and they don't want to hear about you melting down online, insulting the other company, insulting other workers, because that's a piss-poor look. If you're insulting workers, who's going to want to come work for you? Because I mean, and that, uh, see, that's what really upset me, because um, Jinder Mahal is a guy, you don't, ha- you don't ever hear anything negative about that guy from anybody. Nope. Okay. He, uh, he, okay. I mean, there are no negative stories. There are no, you know, there's nothing, you know, you never hear anything bad about him from anybody. Right. Okay? You don't even, you, you don't even hear any complaints. You don't hear any, you don't even hear any stories about him being, you know, competitive with so-and-so and maybe he doesn't like that guy and the guy doesn't like him. You don't, you don't even hear stuff like that. And, right? Cause, and this cause, is going back to NXT. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause like he's been here forever, guys. If he, there was something that happened, we'd probably have heard about it. Yeah, and and because like because there are people who, you know, are perfectly nice enough people, but they don't get along with each other because they're you know they're competing for the same stuff or whatever, right? And you don't even even hear that about him. No, he comes to work, he does his job, he gets fucking paid. Yeah, and so you don't like, and you know he's one of those people. He got fired, and right. for he was out of the business. He was selling real estate for a while. And then he gave it another go, and he went over to India and he worked with Kali over there, and he did that, and that was one of the things that got him rehired, basically. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, he, he got fired. He went overseas because he's not he's he's not he's from Canada actually. Yeah, he's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that was the greatest part about him and the the gimmick with the Bollywood boys when he <laughs> when he when he was uh, world when he was world champion is they're all from Canada. <laughs> right. But um, you know, so he but he I mean he went back over he went to India and he worked and he he worked over there, and he worked his way back in and he is exactly the kind of person that whether you're a fan or you're a worker, he is exactly the kind of person you should respect and admire even. Right. I mean, that guy has done, you should, you should celebrate the world championship run he got. Yeah. I mean, because most of the time when, when, you know, when you, you know, people talk about being underutilized or this or that and the other, they're, they're, you know, there are people exaggerating or it's, it's, it's usually somebody who actually has a bunch of accolades and they just want some more. Um, again, he got fired. Okay. Yeah. Right, so he he really did if you, work his way. If you want to cry for Drew McIntyre, well. Yeah. I mean. And, yeah. And um. So yeah, th- there is nothing. There is not a, a bad thing you can say about that guy. I'm gonna and, need Heath Slater back so we can have one three man band <laughs> reunion <laughs> before it's yeah. all said and done. I need that in my life. Yeah, even if it's just a rumble spot, just just a rumble spot, and they can do the little Spider-Man point thing at each other, and, and then all three just attack each other would be incredible. Yeah, and um, but 
for me, it, it's because, I mean, I, I think I've told the story before. I mean, when the weekend he won the world title, he was on Talk with Jericho. And, I, you know, I listened to that the whole thing. And he told his whole story. And it was, you could not come out of hearing him tell his whole story and not root for the guy after hearing yeah. that. Um, and so for Tony to, to take a shot at, at him, of all people, I mean, to, to get upset because he got because he's getting booked in a world title match that he's not going to win. <laughs> right. I mean, he might now. That'd be, that'd be a great rib if Ginger actually won. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm like, I don't know. It would be awesome if they pulled the trigger. Even if, even if they okey-doked it next week and Seth, Seth won. Seth is my Seth is my boy. Like Seth I ride is, or die with Seth, Seth Rollins. DJ's favorite wrestler, favorite current wrestler. I'll say maybe not all the time, but favorite current wrestler with with a bullet. If and, I would be totally okay if Jinder Mahal beat Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. I that that would just pop me, honestly. Jinder Jinder debut a new finisher, takes Seth down. Let's have the modern day Maharaja get one one last run. And uh so just you know, it, it just made it made me it made I got I really got upset at Tony over that. Yeah, and, it was unnecessary. And and it's, and it's like the exact wrong guy to pick. Yeah, I mean, like, like, right, exactly. I mean, of all the people, right? I mean, come on. I like, mean, did Tony sign his own NDA on talking about Paul? And unfortunately, ready now you have viral tweet with uh with uh, even more viral tweet with Ginger quote tweeting Tony's tweet. You know what the second most quote tweeted? Tweet is when you when you look at that, which most people might with well, a lot of people might when they look at Ginger's quote, is well, you've got a guy with sexual assault allegations, you know, meaning Jericho, obviously. Yeah. Um, who you know you haven't said boo about or questioned or blah blah blah. So, so good job. All press is good press, right, Tony? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, man. Just, it's I yeah. yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and that that company he needs to just. Sell it to someone who gives a damn. Not that Tony doesn't give a damn about pro wrestling. He's not cut out for it. Put it in the hands of it. Get the hell off of social media. Provide the money and let yeah, somebody run it, it for you. Let somebody yeah, run it for you. Get your hands off of all of it, Tony. That's it. That's that's really all I can say about the whole thing at this point. Maybe. Maybe you could strike it. I'm totally just spitballing here. Strike a deal with Warner. Maybe they want part of it, and then they yeah. get creative control. Blah blah blah. I don't know. If you ever listen to this Tony, uh, podcast, Tony, I want one percent of that deal. Uh, I, I, since I'm putting Jinder in the title, he just might. Uh, um, just, yeah, I mean, like, come on, man. This. Yeah. I mean, pick. Yeah, pick. Pick some. Pick somebody else. I mean, or, to do. or just stop mentioning the competition. Just stop. That too. Live in a bubble, man. Live in your own little island and worry about your own island. Quit worrying about getting, the continent. You're not taking on uh, down the evil empire. You're just not. It's not it's happening. Okay. In your own fantasy world, and it's you're, fine. But You're just alienating people like the three of us who would be perfectly happy to watch all three if you weren't such assholes about it. Yeah. Or uh, both, all three NXT. Included. It's stuff like this that has me rooting for TNA, like rooting yeah. hard for TNA to pull ahead of them 
and be the number two wrestling program in North America. Like, really pulling for them at this point. So, speaking of which, uh, congratulations because they um they made an announcement today that they they opened up some more seats for uh, Saturday's pay per view. Uh, yeah, I saw yeah. that. That's awesome for them. Is that that's uh, that? Hard to that's kill. hard to kill. Uh, hard to and, kill. Is that one of the big ones or one of their minor ones? Um, it's kind of uh, it, it's uh, it was not one of their like one or two biggest ones. It was kind of like their third or fourth biggest yeah. one. It's, so it's, it's is not, it a ten dollar or a forty dollar? I guess is what I'm asking. It, uh, My cheap ass. Yeah, it's a full price one. Yeah, it's a full price one. Okay, my cheap ass. All and, right, so uh, I, may, I may skip the full price one. I hate to I hate to be like that, but I can't be paying forty dollars for a premium live event in 2024. It's just not happening. The man, and, the man just dropped 2k for a crown. That's right. I just got a crown put in. That's that's I'm 2k in the hole right now. He tapped out. <laughs> and, um, but and that oh that um, very well maybe the um, farewell match for <laughs> Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah if she, she's definitely coming back. Yeah. But let's and, uh, let's move on. I got we got some other stuff I want to talk about here. I want to move okay. we're going to get back into TNA in just a minute. First, I want to invite everyone to go over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can peruse, browse, look at, if you will, t-shirts from all your favorite chair shot radio network podcasts, including this very podcast, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Go check those out. Go pick one up. The starting artists on this show will thank you if you pick one of ours up. Your body will thank you if you pick it up in soft style for just a couple bucks more. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Go pick one up now. Well, yeah, like we were saying, man, it, it looks like, uh, you know, Trinity may be heading back to the Stanford territory, which is pretty exciting. Um, I, I, I'm very excited about that. So I uh, early, 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 way too early, crazy prediction. It would be really cool if she won the Rumble using a crazy escape. And that would be a wonderful way for her to re-debut. I just, that pop. I I always go back to her pop at the the, last, that big pop she got at the Rumble that one time. And then they did nothing with it. Like, I was so frustrated by that because, I man, I had goosebumps. Like, she came out. She looked amazing. The crowd lost their minds. And then three months later, we were back to, you know, witness protection program. I'm like, what are we doing? She came back to this incredible moment, and you guys did nothing to capitalize on it. I hope if she does come back, they have a plan for her. Yeah. Yes. We've been over that. I, yeah, you know. We yeah, we definitely last week. We yeah, it was like a week or two. We talked about that. So, but yeah, I just wanted to put that over. We'll see what happens there with that with that premium live event with with TNA. And this and, is their uh, official launch of the rebrand, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. And so they um, so they are promising a big debut. Also, so, wonder if that's Hammerstone. Isn't Hammerstone wrestling that show? Um, he's he's on. He's yeah, doing he's one of their shows. Announced. Yeah. So, um, okay. but I would just like just to say if this is, if this indeed is, if this is it for Trinity and impact slash TNA, she had a really good run there. Um, hats off to her for, for going there and hats off to Scott Demore for not, you know, wasting any time. Nope. Um, yeah. and you know, he didn't have her, you know, wrestling in you know, a bunch of wacky tag team matches for three months. Um, he knew he knew you know, who he had to work with, and he knew he knew what he had, and he and he completely maxed out 
you know, what to do with her there. And um, so, you know, uh, good on everybody involved. And if, you know, if, if she is coming back, then welcome back. And, and look, and honestly, you know, thanks for a good run over there in TNA. It was, it was a good run. And, yeah. you know, it, it's exactly what you want to do if, if you are in between WWE stints or if you are gone from WWE and not coming back, that's exactly the kind of thing you want to put together. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk for a couple minutes here about some NXT. Uh, I went to an NXT house show over the weekend and uh, kind of want to talk to you guys a little bit about that and give you the results of the matches that were there. And just a couple of things that for me really stood out. Uh, this uh, this show came from the uh, Melbourne Auditorium in Melbourne, Florida, which is luckily for me about a 10 to 15 minute drive away, depending on traffic. These little NXT shows, I put them over every single time I go to one. They're a lot of fun for 10 to 12 bucks for general tickets, 20, I think it's like 22 for ringside and, you know, two and a half, almost three hours worth of quality wrestling. It's it's worth every penny to go, man. And I, I, I really wish outside because i don't really think they travel much outside of florida i know they've got several stops in the florida loop i wish people outside of florida could see these little nxt shows because they're a lot of fun uh this one opened up we had axiom and nathan frazier in a match against hank and tank uh it was a fun little match here because it was kind of babyface versus babyface and you know hank hank and tank have come out you know a couple times here got a little bit more of a pop they're starting to make a little bit of a name for themselves um, and yeah, Axiom and Nathan Frazier won this one in a fun little match. It wasn't anything crazy. I've seen Axiom have better matches. Um, I guess they just, he's a great singles competitor. You lose some of the punch when you team him up with somebody like Nathan Frazier, because you're just kind of taking away from the overall Axiom experience, but all in all a fun match. Next matchup uh, was pretty cool because we had a Drew Gulak sighting. Uh, we had a Drew Gulak sighting on this one. It was the No Quarter <laughs> Catch crew, uh, Damon Kemp and Miles Bourne with Drew Gulak at ringside, uh, defeated Von Wagner and Bo Morris. And the interesting thing about this, we've talked about Von Wagner on this show, and it hasn't always been flattering, um, <laughs> to, 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 to be polite. <laughs> um, but I got to say, one, he was over like a million bucks in Melbourne, Florida, and the kid looked good. Like he's been putting in the work, not only in the gym, but in the ring. He looked better Saturday night than I've ever seen him look. Like his spots all looked crisp. His timing was good. The way he worked with the crowd and the crowd was into him, man. The crowd was digging him. So maybe maybe they've turned a corner with him. Hope so. Uh, moving on from that match. Uh, interestingly enough, this match ended... And Drew Gulak started to cut a little bit of a promo, and he did, you know, basically he said something along the lines of, nobody wants to mess with these guys, you know, with the, the no-quarter catch crew, unless they're crazy. All of a sudden, this, you know, audio hits. Did someone say crazy? And a freshly, I guess they're trying out a babyface Joe Gacy, came out and had an impromptu match with Drew Gulak, um, and then Gacy won that one. Uh, but it was... It was interesting seeing them try to do this this crazy gimmick with Joe Gacy um, as a babyface. And house show crowds are how hard to gauge 
versus TV crowds as to what people are going to buy into because house show crowds were have been into Joe Gacy every time I've ever seen him and they were super into him on Saturday night. I know I've said I don't hear a couple times. I don't get it with Joe Gacy. Like he's a great in ring worker, but this the the cult leader schism thing wasn't working for me. I'm not. I feel like there's there's something there that the guys reaching for as a character and for me it's just not hitting i hope they figure it out because i think the guy's an incredible worker but yeah he was they they were into it in melbourne nice. next up and boy <laughs> as as our good friend jay would say pal down here it was lola vice with electra lopez defeated uh tatum paxley uh, Lola looked pretty good. You can tell she's been putting in the work because this was a bit more of a, what I like to call a student match. Um, still developing, still working, ironing out the kinks. Um, but all in all, it was, it was a fun show. Best part about that is we're sitting there, and if you know who Lola Vice is, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> she, she got a hell of a swing on the back porch, gentlemen. And... The best part was Tina was sitting next to me. She's like, Tina's like, damn, she's curvy. I'm like, yes, she is. Yes, she is. Oh, there was a lady behind us that kept commenting on Lola Weiss's backside. She's like, damn, that is the perfect ass. That is the most perfect ass I've ever seen. She's like, I want that ass. And she, she, no, dude, she was doing this behind us the whole match. She's talking to her friend, and she's like, look at her ass. And I'm like, would you shut up about her ass? <laughs> oh, but all in all, it was, it was a fun match. But just listen to this nutball behind me just talk about her backside was was absolutely hilarious. So at the mid-show uh, the mid -show intermission, they do usually do like a sub-main event. The sub-main event was... Uh, Trick Williams, who just was insanely over, versus Ridge Holland. And uh, it was interesting here because tri one, Trick looked incredible. Like, and, and Tina and I were talking about this on the way home. One of the things I like about these NXT shows is watching the maturation and the growth of some of these people. Because when we first started going, Trick Williams was basically the mouthpiece and the, the, the outside the ring guy for Carmelo. And as every time we've gone, they've given Trick a little more to do and a little more to do. And each time we go, Trick has been a little bit more involved. First, it was getting in and doing a spot in the middle of a mellow match. Then it was in a couple of tag team matches. Then it was in like a segment. And then finally, now he's working his own singles matches and, and holding his own. Like he really did hold his own in there with Ridge Holland. The only thing with this match, and this leads me again to believe, you know, we're leaning more into the Ridge is quote unquote, air quotes here, big air quotes, known for hurting people. The finish was as followed. Uh, Ridge went for a move, trick, trick ducked, and we had a ref bump. Okay, not uncommon. We see ref bumps all the time. But they disqualified Ridge Holland for hitting the ref. So it's a, it's a rather odd finish. You know, with all the ref bumps we've seen and the match continues, we just get another ref. This one, they disqualified Ridge because it was very plainly unintentional. It wasn't like he went over and put hands on the referee. So that, that's the only complaint I could have with that match was the finish was a little wonky, but the match itself was very, very good. Uh, starting, I'm sorry, Jason. I was just saying excellent. Yeah, no. So we had a little intermission, went over, took a pee break, checked out the merch table, came back. First match back was 
uh, returning Nikita Lyons versus Jada Parker, uh, which was fine. Again, it was another student match. We're still, you know, working out some of the kinks with some of these girls. I don't give them, you know, I've never seen Jada Parker wrestle. I've seen her on TV. Haven't seen her wrestle. Nikita Lyons obviously has been on the shelf for several months with a knee injury. So, you know, obviously there's going to be ring rust, shaking it off. Both girls looked fine. Um, no complaints there. Uh, next up was uh, Brooks Jensen in his uh, Magnum TA <laughs> uh, cosplay against Javier, Javier Bernal. Um, Jensen defeated her Bernal in, in a fine match. And what was really fun about this one is, Rob, you would have appreciated it because it really felt like an old school AWA wrestling match. Like, it really felt like that. You would have appreciated this one. Uh, next up was... Chase U, which was actually J.C. Jane, Thea Hale, and Riley Osborne against Metaphor. We had Last Legend, Jakara Jackson, Ora Menzo. It was, uh, or Ora Menza. It was a, a mixed six-person tag team match, and man, it cooked. I, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and my two favorite, like, I've seen Riley Osborne before. He's really, really good. I've seen Jakara. She's really good. Well, getting to see Last Legend back in the ring up close, live, it is just it's a it's a sight, and I don't mean that just because I think she's hot. I just think they've got something with her now that they've gotten her there. They've definitely gotten something, and the, the two bright spots of the night were her and Thea Hale. And again, Thea and Lash are like I talked earlier about Trick. These are two that I've watched progress over the last two years as we've been going to these shows every time they come. Thea Hale, again, starting off as a mouthpiece, running around with that little megaphone thing with Chase U and just rah, 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 and Lash Legend coming out and just kind of doing little side stuff or a segment here or a battle royal there to go out and actually have matches and, and see them where they are now versus where they were the first time I saw them has been a fun progression. You know, it's been a fun part of these NXT shows. And the main event was the NXT Tag Team title match. The family, Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo uh, with uh, Adriana Rizzo over out the mud with, and now, um, uh, what the heck's his name? Scripps wasn't with them for whatever reason. This was a good match. Like, this, there was some really, really good stuff going on here. I like out the mud. I've seen them three or four times now. I think there are a couple of hosses. And the family was fun. Tony D was so over. Stacks is over. It was just a just a good time. So, so while we're on the subject and we've got a little bit of time left, how do we feel about our new North American champion? This was uh, Rob's first real exposure mm -hmm. to Jay and I have been talking about Oba for a while. Rob, uh, he, he rocket that boy to the moon. Because I mean, he he's. He's a big dude, but he's he's got energy, right? Because you know some big guys they just kind of lumber around. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a big guy, okay. You know, no, he he has some real fire and some real energy to him, and you know he, um, you know, our buddy Jay said that he you know he sold stuff properly, which you know that that's you know when you're in that big you shouldn't be getting you shouldn't be falling down all the time. Right, it's. What they call it is, and actually Stone Cold made this criticism of Roman early on. When you're a guy that big, you don't die on somebody. That's what they yeah. call don't. It's called what they call dying, and you just you're overselling for somebody who's fifty pounds, hundred pounds lighter than you. You don't yeah. do that. You're a big guy. Make them take it from you. Yeah, 
And, uh, and that's what he's doing. And look, they, look. Um, they, at one point, they had to tell the 14-time women's champion not to give people so much. Okay. Right, right. And they, they told her she was giving people too much that were smaller than her. Um, so and and so he was so, you know, he he does he does the right. He sells the right way. He does big man <clears throat> stuff. You know, he's not doing cartwheels and backflips. Um, and. Yeah, you know, I, I love what his, his explosiveness. It's it's like yeah. unto, it's not he doesn't display it in the exact same way, but it's like unto Brock or Titus, like yeah. these guys who just for their size they have just pop in everything they do. Yeah, and um, I look, I came out of there wanting to you know, like look, give give him a give him a rumble spot, man. Shoot, just yeah, you know, let him let him let him and you know. Him and Otis run into each other a couple of times, or him and Braun, or whoever, right? Um, Shake the ring. Yeah, we we are back into the the Haas. We are in the Haas uh, era now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, and it, it, look, I'm I, look, I'm a sizeist. <laughs> I I'm I admit it. You know, I am. You know, I, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm look. I'm not saying get rid of all the little people, but you know, um. I'd much rather watch, you know, a couple of big people <laughs> go at it. I mean, yeah. And look, I mean, you need guys like him um, because, you know, you got 10, 20, maybe, you know, 30 people sometimes who can, who you can, who are learning to roll around and put holds on each other and all that stuff. Um, you, you need guys like him to just, who just show up and just, wreck things and just you know and, <laughs> and, and throw people all over the ring and, and you know and, and all that type of stuff um, it, it so. may be a little early because I think uh, what somebody was telling us he's only actually four televised matches deep into this like did I read that right uh, well I, while you guys while it you guys talk I, while, you, while you guys talk yeah. I do what I do I, I'm going to make a bold prediction just in what I've seen presented to me in the last few weeks with him there are some guys in NXT right now who have been told, hey, you're the guy, and they may think, hey, I'm sitting pretty at the front of the line. You better start looking over your shoulder because this kid's got the look. He's damn sure got the raw potential, and he can talk. Like, he has a presence. He's 22 friggin' years old, and he's this, like, there already. Like he's just standing in the ring, like he knows how to stand in the ring. Yeah, it's what? just it's incredible to watch. I, I get so excited when I see what might be the next big thing, right there blossoming right in front of us, um, and, and I see it with this kid. So yeah, there's some people that better step their game up and had better start looking over their shoulder because the object in the rearview mirror is closer than it appears. Dude, even if he ends up being the one A, one C to some to whatever the big men end up being in a couple of years, we're we're sitting pretty. Yep, I'm looking forward. You know, you give obviously let him stay in NXT. Don't send him up to the main roster if he's not ready, just because right now people are high on him. I think it's a mindless mandate that we always let him cook. Yeah. Always, that's absolutely a mindless mandate. Let them cook. This kid's 22 years old. Let the let field. Let let him cook and let the field thin out a little bit. 
and then send him up to the main roster and let him just wreck the joint. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, so it looks hey, like let this him is wreck this. the joint in NXT for a couple of years. He's yes. 22 years old. Yes, because you know, um, because you know, when we talked about that a while back, um, you know, you know, a whole lot of people there did two or three years in NXT, and you know, um, the Horsewomen were there two, three years. Big E was there two, three years. Um, you know, a few I'll other say people. it. People were calling for Braun Breaker to be called up over a year ago, and we said on this podcast, no, let him stay there. Him staying there has done wonders for Braun Breaker. Like he's much better now than he was twelve months ago. Yeah, and so this is uh, Oba. He, this is his. You're right. This was his fourth match on television, and this is his, that was his, according twenty uh, first match total. Okay. Wow. So so he's been making the circuit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was unfortunately we didn't see him Saturday night. I was kind of hoping he'd be there, but yeah, it is what it is. Well, I guess they, I mean, they, they, they didn't want him getting hurt on the house show if he was, you know. Yeah, he, he, had a big, he had a big night coming Tuesday night. We can't have risk him getting hurt. I get it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, I'm mean, um, looking forward to that guy and see what he can do. And um, and just just one one note, somebody uh, made like a kind of a collage of, because the NXT North American Championship is kind of become unofficially known as like the, the black man's NXT championship. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, um, there have been like Some, eight of them like now. Yeah, and, somebody got somebody got scrubbed from most of the graphics I saw. Yeah, yeah, somebody made nice surprise <laughs> of, 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 of all the black men who've been the NXT North American champion. I saw, oh, except for one. Except for one who's Did not you guys picture. see the one who used vacant? They used vacant's uh, uh, profile picture. Oh no, I, I didn't see that, that one. one. But, um, yeah, 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 Patrick, you could, uh, you know, you 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 blew it there, guy. Yeah, yeah, we're not even gonna get started on that dude because he's no, tried to I make just, his way out there. We're not no, even going down that road. I don't want to get into all that, yep. but yeah, but but yeah, just you know, that could you could have been there too, but you blew it. But anyway, but, but congratulations, it's Oba. In the hand of hands of another deserving person. So yeah, yep. So I'm looking forward to who, seeing who can carry on that lineage. Yeah. And 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 Oba's already good with me. Because he beat Dragon Lee for it. Uh, see. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get the jokes off. I gotta get the jokes off. I know because uh, when, when it happened, oh, yeah. I, I immediately thought of what we were gonna say about it. Dragon. <laughs> he beat Dragon Lee. DJ's automatically a fan. <laughs> now the former NXT champion. Oh, Dragon, just a luchador, according to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, Lee. Just a guy in a mask. He's just a guy, <laughs> just a a guy in a mask. <laughs> You're just a freak in a mask. <laughs> oh, now, yeah, now it's a bit. Now we just have to bury him. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. And now we have to do it. It's not even a real thing now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I would assume that means that's uh, Dragon Lee's official graduation to the main roster, though. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he because honestly, he's all been he's been he's done everything he can do in NXT, and they've got a ready-made situation for him over on SmackDown. Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, he's already been on SmackDown a couple of times. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think he was even supposed to win that thing anyway cuz West, West I was, was going to say Yeah, West was supposed to win yeah, that Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, West I mean, West getting injured I think uh threw a kink into Dragon Lee's fifth place, and, and if the plan was for Oba to take this thing the whole time, I'm kind of glad it wasn't Wesley cuz I love Wesley. Yeah, yeah, same. Here. And and then oh, I would have no, he had to he had to 
Yeah, no, that would that wouldn't have made sense. They would have put a transitional champ because Wesley losing has to break your heart. Dragon Lee losing, it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it, it, Wesley will going out the way he did broke my heart enough to see him lose to a dude like Ova. Because look at the just look at the size difference. <laughs> it's just pit. Just yeah, a, but West, an absolute you know, slaughter. But you know the thing is, West would have bumped for him. Oh my God! Yeah, now, and I'm, I'm as long as West comes back healthy, which is yeah. the main most important thing. Yeah. I could I could see those two making really good money together. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. I think we can call the go home there. But before we get out of here, I want to I want to promote something because as soon as we are done recording here, we are getting together with our buddy EJ. We're doing. Rob and I have been getting together with EJ now for the last couple months, doing little watch-alongs on the Earnestly Speaking podcast. And I want you to look that up not only on Twitter, the app formerly known as Twitter. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, you know, Ernest puts the. Uh, puts the videos up there. It's a great little fun thing that we do. We Usually we do what he calls the Wrestling Retrospective Podcast. It's part of his Earnestly Speaking Podcast media that he does. And we go on there and we do watch-alongs of old classic WWE, late 80s, early 90s matches. Tonight we have a, uh, being that it's Royal Rumble season, uh, Rob picked out uh, a special Royal Rumble to him personally. We're going to do a watch along. <laughs> Jason, Jason, do you do you know why he picked this Royal Rumble? I think he knew the winner. Yeah, well, we know the winner. If you want to find out why Rob chose this one, go check it out. It is uh, again. Look it up on YouTube. Look up Earnestly Speaking. It's EJ. It'll be me, Rob, and Jason. We are watching the 2020 Women's Royal Rumble match with Ernest tonight as soon as we're done recording this anyway i'm going to go back around the room here and thank my co-host first from the rob the genius podcast mr rob fun show tonight man this was fun yeah always a pleasure always a pleasure sir and bucky stack team partner jason good show bud awesome show boys all right and again i am dj the man with the award-winning and holy beard remember you can call it pro wrestling you can call it sports entertainment you can call it whatever you want but call it in the ring and we are out of here till next week bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.